You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Good day, Bruce. How are you? It's good to see you. Good to see you. Happy alive. You know, healthy alive. Happy alive. Yeah, happy, happy alive. Too, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Good to be happy and alive. Yeah. Good to be healthy so, and alive. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Slip of the tongue, but yeah, I guess that, that that's uh, accurate. Uh, healthy alive. Um, weather is wonderful here. We're you, you know that wonderful uh, heat wave they're having up there in the in the northwest here in the u.s you know um, i tried to you mean the climate change the man-made climate change y- that, yeah. that's what you meant i tried to pull well, something right. on that but apparently i'm restricted from seeing it i'm not allowed to, to look at it <laughs> that's that's funny because they they've been having like 113 110 degree temperatures yeah and i'm i'm sitting here going hey we're, we're having like 70s 80s it's almost like we swapped weather and i'm i'm totally happy and content with that we've had Great, um, you know, rainstorms. It's been raining here for the last like three, four days. I mean, I haven't seen the sun in like two or three days now. Yeah, it's been cold. It's been rainy. It's all the rest of it. I'm like, come on, man. It was just like, come on, man. It it was just like 90 something degrees the other day. I I can't even use I, I had to put the cover on the swimming pool because I can't even use it. It's it's too cold. It's absolutely too cold. It's the middle of uh, well, hell, it's it's middle of summer. It's uh, it's first of July. But uh, I can't yeah. use the uh, can't use the pool. Can't use it. But I'm I, like I said, we usually see 100 degree temperatures. Um, I'm not complaining that it's yeah. mild right now. Well, it's uh, it's crazy over here. You know that like, again, you know, man made climate change could be something more sinister behind it. If you're into that kind of stuff. I don't know. I don't know. But all I'm saying is that there's something that's not right. Do you know what the French had to do the other day to uh, to an area to a region in their country? They got so much hail, not snow. They got so much hail that they actually had to call the snow plows out to dig people out of their homes. Is that's that's a lot of hail. That is a I, lot I don't of think hail. I've ever seen that before. Yeah, that is a lot of hail. And you've got flooding and everything that's happening here. You know, I heard something else today. And this is since we're talking about the weather, I, I heard something else today. Do you know we've been watching the Chinese Communist Party? They're they're buying, they're making these very large grain purchases in the US. Very large grain purchases. As, as a matter of fact, a couple of months ago, the Chinese bought more grain from the United States in one month than they did all of last year. Why? Well, I'll tell you why. And it, it just it dawned on me again, because we talk about so much stuff here that by the time we get back around to that topic, I forgot that we already discussed it months ago. China's out of food. They're out of water. That's why they tried to go into the Punjab. That's the source of fresh water for China. And they got thrown out by the Indians. That didn't work. There's also heavy flooding going on in China. So their grain harvest failed. North Korea, the grain harvest failed. Both places. I mean, that's not good. If China doesn't have any food, if they don't have... Let let, let me put this into perspective. If they only have enough food to feed 
let's say 700 million of their people. Okay, that's about half their population. If they only have enough food to feed half of their population, China's going to go to war. They need land. They go on to a war footing if they don't have food. It's the same thing with North Korea. North Korea doesn't have any food. They're going to go on to a war footing too. Of course, that I mean, to be honest with you, they've been in a war footing since the 50s. So uh, yeah. Well, to be fair, I mean, if, if I didn't have any food and was unable to get it, I'd, I'd probably go on a war footing as well. I mean, true. 90, but think about this, 97% of the rivers, 97% of the rivers, and this is, I mean, this is, this comes from information I heard from people that have family members inside in, in mainland China now, 97% of the rivers in China right now are at flood capacity. They're at flood capacity, 97% of the rivers, meaning the harvest was destroyed. The crop was destroyed in most cases. I didn't really want to lead with this, but I suppose we can get into it. If China goes through this, Let's say that because we're not hearing about this, right? You're not going to hear this on CNN. You can forget it. This is not what you're going to hear. I'll tell you here in a minute what you'll see on CNN to the contrary. But if China's out of food and their people start starving, that's bad news for the Chinese Communist Party. That's bad news for them. It's also bad news for their economy. We've been seeing things coming out of China the last couple of weeks. Can't quite figure out why. We're seeing this massive high-speed rail project that just popped up out of nowhere. All of a sudden, they just landed on Mars. I don't know how in the hell that happened. They're putting space stations into orbit, apparently. No one's actually seen it yet. They've just said that that's what it is. Who knows if that's actually happening? Who knows if they've actually put something on Mars? The footage that they released and put out on their state media looks like something that you could put in a Hollywood production set. I don't know if that's true or not. Maybe it is, but I don't know. There's no way to verify it. Same thing with them putting in or putting astronauts into space. You don't actually know. They're just saying it. The footage that they've released, there's no way to verify it. There's nothing showing that them docking at a space station or, or anything like that. But if if China runs out of food, well, then that also plays into what these corrupt Western elites are doing, right? They can blame it all into one. You can mask what's happening in China and you can bring the rest of the world down with it. Go back to the Soviet Union. And, and I, I use this reference because, again, what we're seeing is a Marxist revolution. This is a, a neo-Maoist cultural revolution. You can see it if you understand what you're looking at. But if you go back to the time of the Bolsheviks with Lenin, one of the tactics to help defeat his opposition was using food as a weapon. You starve the population out. Don't think that's not in the cards here because it most certainly is. Once you started seeing things shift a little bit with the COVID agenda, what happened? You had 20% of the meat production capacity in the United States shut down. You had the airline industry disrupted. You had the airline industry in India disrupted. You started seeing all these cyber attacks everywhere, shutting down everything. Now they're talking about fuel shortages. You saw Colonial. We saw what happened there. So it's a perfect opportunity for them, meaning the Davos group and all the rest of it. It's a perfect opportunity for them to engineer a crisis, another crisis on top of what we're dealing with already. On top of the engineered crisis, we're also trying to deal with another engineered crisis on top of an, another engineered crisis. It goes back to problem, reaction, solution. If they create the problem, you react to it. They offer the solution when, in fact, they're the one that gave you the problem to begin with. They're the ones responsible for the cyber attacks, nearest I can tell. They're the ones responsible for that. Cyber polygon's about to happen. We're going to be watching that very closely. That's coming up in eight days. We're going to be watching that. I've got clips of Klaus Schwab himself saying exactly what they're going to do. 
I don't have to play it here. I've played it a hundred times. If I'm an investigator and I'm tasked with coming up with a suspect list to give to my superiors within a week, I can tell you right now who's going to be at the top of my list. But the food shortages, let's not get too far off topic here. The food shortages, if China doesn't have any food, they go on a war footing, which they look like they're pushing for that anyway, one way or the other. If we have disruptions here in the West, well, then we go on a war footing too, don't we? It almost seems like it's an engineered crisis on one side. I also half think that that's why they're a little nervous about this uh, virus origin thing, you know, because let's just say for the sake of argument that it comes out, okay? Let's just, I mean, we already know where it comes from, but let's just say for the sake of argument that all this is now mainstream. The Chinese actually did this and they did it on purpose. What do you think is going to happen? If Western countries, they're not going to want to be anywhere near that, right? Even though we know that they're collaborating, they're not going to want to be anywhere near that. So what does that mean? That means economic sanctions on China, doesn't it? Because that's really all we do these days anymore, is we economically sanction countries, we isolate them. Well, if China's in the middle of a, of a food crisis and a fresh water crisis, economic sanctions are the last thing that they're going to be needing. Go ahead and jump in there. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, no, you, you, you said what I was going to say. I, I, I was going to bring up the uh, North Korea bit. But, you know, like I said, uh, it's not unexpected for a country to like you're out of food and water, like your, your population as, as the ruling government, your population is either going to turn on you or they're going to want war to, to go in and conquer other places to get the food if, if you're being sanctioned like they are. So uh, honestly, it's no surprise they're going to be on a war footing anyway. But we're seeing China. Um, it's almost like they're trying to escalate it because we're, we're seeing with China, they're already saying by 2030, they're going to have, you know, 100, 100, 150, somewhere in there, new nuclear missile silos. Um, they're, they're talking about having over, what was it, 1,200 new ballistic missiles, like the, the warheads for them, mm-hmm. um, from the two nuclear react, the breeder reactors that they have, so they can create plutonium. I mean... It already looks like they're going on to a war footing. I was seeing articles today that they were talking about um, any nation that comes in and tries to bully them is going to get a bloody nose, basically, is what they were saying. Uh huh. I do have that as well. So, yeah. It, so whether or not they're running low on food, I, I, they were ready for a war anyway, or they're at least saber rattling, showing that they are going to go to war. So China's in the process now of celebrating the 100th anniversary of uh, the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, though they've only been in power for a better part of 70 years. Nonetheless, the party's been around for a little bit longer than that. It was really, it was just a ragtag group of uh, people up in the mountains somewhere run by a dude named, uh, what the hell's that guy's name? Mao Zedong. That's, that's, yeah, Chairman Mao. Yeah, de- dear Chairman. Yeah, it was, it was him. Funny how they, uh, they had this massive celebration for uh, the, um, for, for the, the, the Communist Party's birthday. They, they had this massive celebration. Do you know, I didn't see anybody there wearing a mask. I didn't see anybody social distancing or, or anything like that. Where's the media talking about how that's a super spreader event? Where's that? Oh, that's right. They only lost 3,000 people. Their system is superior. We dumb Westerners, we, we can't get this under control. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that's right. Beijing's, uh, uh, even their, uh, their government down in Hong Kong, uh, let's not be naive about that, uh, invoked the... Uh, the COVID epidemic, uh, excuse me, the COVID pandemic to uh, cancel the uh, the pro-democracy rallies. But uh, the, the Chinese Communist Party organized huge public events on Wednesday to celebrate the 100th anniversary of its founding. And they didn't seem to be concerned about being a super spreader event or uh, or social distancing or any, anything like that. They, they didn't care about that. But you can't have a pro-democracy rally down in Hong Kong. No, you can't do that. But you can celebrate the 100th birthday of the Chinese Communist Party 
in Beijing. That's fine. Uh, but I'm sure everybody there was double vaccinated. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Odd. Does anybody ask themselves why Russia and China are not using Western vaccines in their countries? Anybody wondering that yet? The Communist Party's birthday celebrations are already in progress and scheduled to last for an entire week. An entire week. Bruce, aren't you jealous? Aren't you jealous? They're over there. They're partying in Beijing like it's 1999. Um, I mean, great. I'm not much of a party goer myself, so. Well, that's okay, because if you and all of your family have been double vaccinated in three days, just in, in three days, according to, to President Joe Biden, you can have a small barbecue. Maybe, maybe you can have a small barbecue in your backyard to celebrate your independence from the virus, not from the British and no disrespect to our UK listeners. We love you all. But your independence from from the virus. I would love to be able to say, uh, you know, independence from the federal government, but you know, they're the new king. Yeah. Uh, China, they've, again, they've claimed to have uh, vanquished the, uh, the coronavirus completely, although they still use that as an excuse to, to cancel public events uh, if it opposes them. That's, that's funny. That's funny. So let me get this straight. If you're a communist, then the virus doesn't affect you. Is that right? Just like if you're just like if you're sitting there eating a meal in a restaurant and you're sitting down, the virus knows, OK, uh, this person's eating. I'm not going to bother them right now. I'll come back to them later when they're not eating. Yeah. Well, if you're if you're BLM, it doesn't affect you. Antifa doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. You're, you're well, unaffected by the virus. It's a bigger health crisis. The uh, the things that they're yeah. fighting for. Yeah. Uh, the Chinese state constantly reports the uh, constantly reports outbreaks in various cities, generally blaming them on foreigners and travelers bringing the disease back to China. Now, see, they've already conquered it. They don't need any interference from from anyone coming in from the outside. Now, see, that's yeah, they, they don't need that. Uh, one such outbreak is currently in progress in Guangdong province, a manufacturing hub with significant traffic from both overseas and inside China. Hmm. China's vaccine program has been disappointing, to say the least. Uh, that's actually for one really unique reason. Uh, they have this little problem in China right now of something called vaccine hesitancy. The citizens really don't trust what the government's trying to shove into their bodies. They, they really don't trust that. Mm. And I, to be quite honest with you, I, I mean, I think they have good enough reason to, uh, to uh, not trust them. In 5,000 years, that country has never developed a vaccine. Now, all of a sudden, they've developed the best one the world's ever seen. Think about that. Chinese officials claim vaccination rates are dramatically improving, just like they are here. You'd almost think they were taking their talking points from the same Politburo. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say that? Thanks to a combination of incentives and threats. Again, does that sound familiar? Incentives? Get your free Krispy Kreme donut for a year? Get free beer? Free McDonald's? Hell, we saw an ad just yesterday on, M on uh, NBC News. Bring your kid in, get a vaccine and a Happy Meal. Now, here's the interesting thing. Again, the Seychelles, for example, right? The Seychelles, the island nation of Seychelles, albeit it's a French territory, island nation of Seychelles. They were using, uh, it was Sinovac and, and Sinopharm, the, the two Chinese ones, they were using those. And they actually had to lock everything back down again because they had a large outbreak in their country. And it wasn't from the people that were, I mean, that was the most vaccinated nation in the world next to probably Israel. And, and most it, isolated. Yeah, and most isolated. Uh, it's a great laboratory if you're doing any kind of a study, uh, but we don't look at those things these days. Other countries are relying on uh, Chinese vaccines to uh, help them with their vaccination campaigns in their country, mostly South American countries. And it's funny, they're reporting large surges in all of these countries that have used the Chinese vaccine. Gee, I wonder why. 
It's, I mean, it's supposed to be good, right? It's supposed to, I mean, the efficacy is supposed to be really high. The Chinese state-run media kind of just pushed the safety concerns aside, and they were talking about the, uh, the massive celebrations in Beijing uh, because of, the, of course, the 100-year birthday of the, the Chinese Communist Party. The state-run Global Times claimed all of China took pride and genuine joy in the Communist Party's birthday, and we're delighted to see the party defying Western scrutiny and smears. Why, why don't we have a media that talks like that about ours, about our, our countries? Why, why, don't, why don't we have? Oh, because we have to be inclusive, right? Yeah, that's, that's right. We have to be tolerant. The Global Times claimed that the whole world is watching how the biggest... <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> this, is, this is too good. The Global Times claimed that the whole world is, quote, watching how the biggest ruling party parties. Yeah, we're watching that. All right. Yeah, we're we're really watching that. This claim is uh, apparently it's it's not true, though. Uh, the Communist Party is uh, smaller as a percentage of the Chinese population. It, really, it's only about 100 million. And that's that's genuine. You only have about 100 million party members in China, and they have around 1.3 to 1.4 billion people. And of the inner circle of that party, again, real statistic, you only have about 2,000 ruling party members of the like inner elites. As a matter of fact, Xi Jinping, President Xi Jinping, actually just made all of those people within the inner circle of the party reinstate their loyalty oaths. Gee, I wonder why. Why, why would they do that? Usually when party inner circles, and I'm just going by historical reference here, usually when party inner circles, be it a fascist system like the the Nazis or uh, like Mussolini or a communist system, usually when you have them reaffirm their oaths to the party, that usually means you're a little nervous about something. You're a little mm -hmm. concerned that people might be breaking ranks. Usually that's what that means. I'm just speaking historically. I'm not saying that's the case in China. Maybe Xi's just performing a, a routine Routine party maintenance, right? Maybe. I, I don't know. I don't know. So the Global Times, though, they did not address, again, Chinese state-run media, they did not address the fact that the Chinese Communist Party would never survive a single free and fair election. They didn't They didn't actually address that part uh, because no one can actually vote for a communist party and make it a majority. It's never actually happened. And if you say, okay, well, uh, Hugo Chavez, for example, well, okay, he, he ran as a democratic socialist, just saying. He later became a communist, or <clears throat> maybe he always was, but he later changed and said, oh, yeah, I'm a communist. Yeah. Fidel Castro, he and his brother, Raul. No, we're not communists. We're Roman Catholics. Of course, when he marched through Havana, then he became a communist. Yeah, always been always been a communist. Yeah. It's almost like all these dictators um, lied. Yeah, al almost. Yeah. Uh, well, Vladimir Lenin, for example, right? Lenin. Yeah. Russian Revolution. Mm -hmm. yeah. Vladimir Lenin. Did you know he was not a communist? Did you know that? He was a member of of the Russian Social Democrats. He wasn't a communist, you see? See how that works? That's why they can't win elections. They have to force their rule. It's no different here. The Global Times fawned over passionate crowds, enjoying unforgettable moments without saying anything about COVID safety. Nothing about safety measures or, or COVID protocols or hands, face, space. Well, they they you defeated know, it, you see. So yeah, they yeah, they defeated it. it. Yeah, you know, I was, I was standing in line not a socially distanced line. I was standing in line at the supermarket the other day and this guy, someone said something to him. I, I don't know because they had those damn plastic dividers up in between the lanes. You know what I'm talking about? I couldn't I couldn't make mm -hmm. it out mm -hmm. because he was like two or three back behind me and he was on the other side. So I couldn't quite make it out because I was too busy paying attention to my own stuff. 
because I was up next in the checkout line. And someone said something to him. He immediately takes two steps back, holds both of his arms out, straight out, and spins 360 degrees. Social distance, you know, six feet. So anyway, the uh, Global Times went on. Uh, They made it a point of touting the celebrations in captive and the oppressed uh, Hong Kong uh, and blood splattered uh, Tiananmen Square. That's where they had the celebrations, by the way, it was in Tiananmen Square. Uh, But they mentioned uh, the pandemic, the uh, the Communist Party unleashed upon the world only once, just once. That's all they mentioned uh, when touting uh, Wuhan's battle against COVID, uh, which was a huge achievement for the party. That's the only time they they mentioned it was was uh, when it was shown in a positive light, you see. So don't you love how they they put these propaganda stuff to, that like the their propaganda ministers? Don't you love how they put this stuff together? Well, at that celebration, Xi Jinping gave a wonderful speech in Mao's traditional garb, I might add, right? In Chairman Mao's traditional garb, the uh, the uh, the uniforms that the uh, the slaves had to wear uh, as to show their you know their subjugation to the uh, the Chinese Communist Party. He threatened to uh, how did he put it? He said that their heads will be bashed bloody. Uh, if mm-hmm. if someone uh, threatens them, really, he says the Chinese people and I'm quoting here, I'm quoting here. The Chinese people have never bullied, oppressed or enslaved peoples of other countries. No, just your own. Right. At the mm-hmm. same time, the Chinese people will never allow any foreign forces to bully, oppress or enslave us. Anyone who dares to try to do that will have their heads bashed bloody against the Great Wall of Steel forged by over one point four billion Chinese people. Well, uh, first of all, if it's Chinese steel, we're concerned about Uh, Yeah, it's true. Usually that stuff breaks. Uh, So look, I'm not going to sit here and I'm not going to just single out China. I'm just going to and I and I hate to I hate to kind of do this, but it's just a historical fact because I'm I'm a novice when it comes to history. I like to dabble in history because it's fascinating. But the Asiatic countries as a whole, not just China, China as well, but not just China, the Asiatic countries as a whole have a very poor track record of human rights. They do. So this idea here that the Chinese people have never bullied, oppressed, or enslaved peoples of other countries is complete nonsense. That's nonsense. You're going to sit there and you're going to actually say that. How many people, how many of your own people, I I could go on and on about the working conditions and the slave conditions, the slave labor conditions in China. I can go on and on about that. I can go on and on about not just political prisoners in North Korea, but prisoners in North Korea from other nations. Are you telling me that China doesn't have any foreign nationals in prison in their country? Are you telling me that? I don't think so. I don't think so. I would argue the Uyghurs are um, a yeah. perfect example. They were ripped right from their provinces and they were put into slave labor camps. What about the Tibetan monks? What about them? The ones that haven't been able to go home for decades. What about them? What about the Dalai Lama who can't even go back to his own homeland for fear of imprisonment? What about that? The Chinese people will never allow any foreign forces to bully, oppress, or enslave us. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of have to agree with him here. I, 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 give him, I give him props for standing up for his people. Do I think he's sincere? No, no, because I don't, believe, I don't believe communist dictators. I don't. But I give him credit for at least the rhetoric side of it, things. Because let's be honest, Donald Trump was saying just about the same thing, and he was a white supremacist, uh, a, a nationalist, a Nazi, and, and everything else that you could possibly think of. President Xi of China says it, and it's perfectly fine. I'm exposing the double standard here, nothing more. China's allowed to stand up for its people. We're not. You'll never allow any foreign forces to bully you, oppress you, or enslave you. That means... Because that's our job. 
That's <laughs> our job as the communist party. That that we're, yeah. we're the ones that bully you. We're the ones that enslave you. We don't allow other people to do it. Yeah, it has to be them, right? So Xi characterized uh, China's rapid military buildup in recent years as the construction of a force for peace in the world. Now, you might be asking, who wrote and covered that so well? You'd never guess. It was the New York Times that quoted that. Yeah, it's a, it's a force for peace. You know that China's not even supposed to have a blue water navy? They're not supposed to have that. And all of a the sudden, they've got this massive naval fleet. They're not supposed to have anything other than merchant ships. That's all they're supposed to have. You see, the deal was, when they cut this deal with these Western elites, the deal was, we will build you up. You are not to build yourself up militarily and expand. Instead, it's going to be NATO. NATO will be the policeman of the world. We will be the world force, not you. You see, that was the deal. We were to be leveraged out economically. China was to be the, the economical side of things. They were to be the driving force when it comes to cheap labor. They were to do the slave labor side of things. The Western countries were to supply the military muscle. That was the deal. China was to adopt the one-child policy. That was the deal. They backed out on that deal too, but they weren't supposed to expand militarily. They went back on that deal. They double-crossed on that deal. They've worked themselves up to a point now where they've got the industrial side of things. They've got the 97% monopoly on rare earth minerals. They've got all that stuff. All that stuff was sold out by us. They've got the pharmaceutical, the active pharmaceutical ingredients, the APIs. They've got all that stuff. Now they're done. They're double-crossing the Western elites that made the deal with them. You stupid-ass elites here in the West, you can't get it through your head that you can't make a deal with this. If you honestly believe that you're going to work with the Chinese Communist Party, you're going to overthrow the West, what do you think they're going to do to you? It's a larger game, but it's still played the same way. Those that collaborate with the people that sell them out are always the first to go. Why? Because they will be the first ones that will turn against them and they will guard against what is called the counter-revolution. How can you trust a traitor? You can't. That's why they're the first to be eliminated. Always happens that way. Bolsheviks and the Mensheviks, right? Same story. It's the same story all over. Bolshevik, what is that? That's a Russian word for majority. Majority of what? Russian Social Democrats. That part's never taught in history. Menshkovic, what is that? Minority of what? Russian Social Democrats. They worked together. They didn't believe in the same form of Marxism, but they worked together. Lenin said to the uh, the leader of the Menshkoviks, oh yeah, just work with us and, and, and we'll make sure that you get a seat at the table. We'll make sure that you land okay and we'll, we'll bring everybody into the fold. It's no problem. They were the first ones to go. Go back to Nazi Germany before they solidified that rule. The brown shirts, right? Everybody remembers them. The SA. Well, they created another group called the SS. What happened to the SA? What happened to the brown shirts? They were the first ones to go after, this, after the rule was solidified. You, so you see, it doesn't matter. When you aid someone in selling out your own people, you're the first to go. And that goes for Antifa, that goes for BLM and all the other people that are out there in the streets. They're using you. All the people that are out there blindly following the mainstream media and all the rest of it, they are using you. You think you're getting protected by going out there and getting whacked up with one of these experimental things? No. They've already made the decision for you. They've made these choices without your consultation, and now they want you out of the way. And it's the same thing on a larger scale. When you look at the Chinese Communist Party versus the Davos elite, for example, right, the Davos group, Klaus Schwab and company, they'll work with them for now. But in the end, they'll turn on them, too. You see, here's the other thing. This is the other wild card that I haven't figured out yet. You've got Middle Eastern countries 
They want this global government too. However, they want it in a different way. They're looking for an Islamic caliphate. I haven't quite figured out how that plays into this role yet. But anyway, before I get too far down that rabbit hole, uh, I want to get back to this here real quick. The 100 year anniversary of the, the Chinese Communist Party, you know, it's, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. I want to get to Xi's speech because this, this goes to a larger point. Xi also said that China is seeking a peaceful, peaceful reunification with the island of Taiwan, a peaceful reunification with the island of Taiwan, which is an independent nation, I might add. Uh, that's not part of China. Of course, if you were to ask anyone in the Chinese Communist Party, they would adamantly disagree with that. During his remarks, Xi also warned against schemes to help Taiwan maintain its independence from China. Um, okay, scheme. Let me explain what he's saying there. He's saying schemes as in what he's referencing is the treaty that the United States has with Australia and Japan to guarantee Taiwan's independence. We have a unilateral agreement. We have a, a treaty to protect that sphere of power in the Pacific. Why? Taiwan is critical because they are the only place in the world where key microchips are manufactured. It's the only place in the world. And China is foaming at the mouth to get their hands on them. So much so, in fact, that if China were to physically invade Taiwan, we would have to destroy those factories to prevent them from falling in the hands of the Chinese Communist Party. We would have to do that. There's no other alternative. So when he says schemes, he's talking about an actual treaty. We have a treaty there with Australia and Japan to have that protected for the next 30 years. Trump declassified that before he left office. That's not supposed to be declassified. We're not supposed to know that. But he did that before he left. Xi's warnings about Taiwan come after China criticized a June visit to Taiwan by three U.S. senators. Oh, now see, you can't go there. No, you're, you're not allowed to go there. China actually, uh, they, they were practicing amphibious landings and doing drills on the beaches of uh, uh, Fujian province. Uh, it's, it's almost like they, they're war gaming out a land invasion of Taiwan. It's, it's almost like they're doing that when, when we sent an envoy there and, and that was going on. It's, it's almost like they, they were planning to, to try and do that, almost. But see, they're looking so for peaceful, peaceful reunification, though. I, I wonder if uh, you, you were to see China um, exercise this peaceful reunification and you had a nation rise up and say, uh, no, sit back down. You don't go in and conquering nations. China will say you're bullying us. And, you know. Yeah. And and wh wh how, how did he put it? Um, he says uh, the Chinese people will never allow any foreign forces to bully, oppress or enslave us. Yeah. So you don't want to bully China. Now, see, if you if you say that the coronavirus, you say that came from China. Well, that's you know, you're bullying them. You can't do that. Now, as he went on, as as President Xi went on about Taiwan, he said all sons and daughters of China, including compatriots on both sides of the Taiwan Strait, must work together and move forward in solidarity, resolutely smashing any Taiwan independence plots. And you might ask, okay, well, what did he say on sovereignty? Now, see, China's allowed to be sovereign. They're allowed to be independent. We're not. See, we're part of a global community now. Yeah. See, China's China's not in with that, right? They're they're into their own rule, their way, and and that's how it is. And quite frankly, I don't I don't blame them. Uh, that's how we should all be, to be fair. And that's not meaning you be isolationist. I'm not for that. You should be friendly and you should trade with other nations, but you don't get involved with uh, 
whatever all this mess is that we've gotten ourselves mixed up in with all this globalism crap. Globalism is what has led us to this point. Getting away from the nation state is what has gotten us to this point. Xi went on to say, Nobody should underestimate the staunch determination, firm will, and powerful capacity of the Chinese people to defend national sovereignty and territorial integrity. The people of China are not only good at destroying the old world, they have also created a new world. Only socialism can save China. Really? How about freedom? I bet freedom would be uh, would be more prosperous over there. But of course, you wouldn't have the Chinese Communist Party. I mean, you, you would, but you'd, you'd probably be knocked down to maybe what the inner party circle would actually be, about 2,000 people, because that's probably all that would endorse it uh, if you were to put it to a vote nationally. Uh, but only socialism can save China. Huh. Um- I'm, I'm, I'm curious. Of course, this kind of violates the not getting involved, but how have we not introduced Xi Jinping in, to the R9X yet? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. That's a, that's a good question. Uh, he also called on China to accelerate the modernization of national defense and the armed forces. Of course, yet build up the military more. Yeah, you're going to need it. Yeah, if you're going to go on a war footing, you're going to need it. Regarding Hong Kong, he did speak on Hong Kong. Xi said that China will stay true to the letter and spirit of the principle of one country, two systems. Uh-huh. One country, two systems. Why'd you build the Shenzhen Bridge again? Oh, that was just a trade route. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was, that was just a trade route. No, we're not going to use the Shenzhen Bridge to, to move military uh, equipment across. The, no, no, no. We're, we're not going to do that. Uh, we have no plans to do that, even though the, the plans for the Shenzhen Bridge are exactly the, the width you need to get PLA artillery and, uh, and, and tanks and, and things across. I, I mean, you know, it just happens to be that wide. I mean, the, the plans just called for it that way. No, they didn't have any plans to, to go into Hong Kong at all. Uh, when they built the, the Shenzhen Bridge, they said that that was just for trade. Yeah. The Hong Kong security legislation banned broadly defined activities such as, listen to how broadly this is. This is pretty broad. This almost sounds like something that's coming out of the, the Biden administration. They've banned activities such as sedition, subversion, and secession against the Chinese government. So <laughs> if you if you're engaged in sedition, subversion, or secession against the Chinese government, that's all illegal under the, uh, the, the Hong Kong security legislation. Now, that's pretty broad. Uh, uh, there's not really any detail as to any of that, but that, that's pretty broad. You might be asking, why are you talking about this in such a positive light? Well, that's what we do in Western media, right? We're celebrating that <laughs> Bruce is laughing. We're celebrating the hundred year anniversary of the Chinese Communist Party. You know, I, I know I say in the intro that we're no nonsense, but this is just too good. Th- this is just too good. CNN, CNN, you know, the, the network that's lost 70 percent of their ratings over the last six months. That CNN. Yeah, they gave a glowing, glowing coverage of the Chinese Communist Party's 100 year anniversary. I mean, it was it was all I, I'm surprised you didn't see Chris Cuomo up there with a party hat on with one of those little, you know, blowout little whistles, you know, with the streamer that comes out of it. I'm surprised you didn't see that throwing some confetti up in the air, you know, with some little yellow stars on it with a hammer and a sickle. I, I'm surprised you didn't see it. I, I'm not even joking. CNN apparently is being mocked. They're, they're being mocked. You hear this? They're just giving good coverage on a world event because we're watching the party party, right? So they're just giving good coverage. That's all they're doing. CNN is being mocked for giving glowing coverage of the Chinese Communist Party's 100 year anniversary and the star leader, as they called him. And I'm not joking. That's actually what they said in 
their tweet. The Communist Party celebrates 100 years in China and Xi is the star. Critics are, can you believe this, Bruce? Critics are dubbing the network. They're renaming the network. Critics are calling it the Communist News Network. Have you ever heard of such such misinformation? You ever heard of such thing? No, I've never heard of such a thing before. We've only oh, been, calling been calling it that. that yeah, we've only years. been calling them that for 10 years now. Yeah. So CNN International tweeted the following. The Chinese Communist Party is about to turn 100, but Xi will be the real star. Yeah, red star. Uh-huh. Yeah, you get it now? Yeah. The centenary is an opportunity for the party to reaffirm its credentials while ensuring loyalty. Now, that was written by the uh, by CNN's uh, Ben Westcott, just if anyone was wondering. Hailing how the party had remained. And listen to this. This is a quote. Ever-present fixture, even as Communist Party Communist parties elsewhere collapse or fade from the view. I almost feel like, is, is this the same guy that said that those pillars of light look like Joe Biden's arms extending? Is that the same guy? I, I don't I, even remember I'm who just, said that. I don't know. I don't know either. But I, I want to say it sounds almost like the same guy, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. Now, the article that uh, Mr. Westcott wrote uh, briefly referred to uh, some of the darkest chapters of the last century, including the brutal repression of student protesters in Tiananmen Square. Uh, it was a brutal repression. It was a massacre. It was an absolute massacre, as well as millions who starved to death under the CCP economic policies. That part's true, but insisted that the party has much to celebrate. You hear this? This is CNN. They wonder why their their ratings are down 70 percent in six months. It's because they're they're printing trash like this. That's why the party has much to celebrate, particularly China's growth from one of the poorest nations in the world into an economy on the brink of overtaking the U.S. How about you explain how that happened? How about you explain how you have the Western elites and the corporations that are working with our Western elites to sell us out to the Chinese? How about you explain the fact that we lost 97% of rare earth mineral rights? How about you explain that? How about you explain that we handed over all of our active pharmaceutical ingredients to the Chinese? How, how about you explain that? The economic deals were made. These sorry people on CNN will not tell you that. Oh, and by the way, they didn't go from one of the poorest countries in the world to being on the brink of overtaking the U.S. because of socialism, Marxism and communism. They did that through capitalism, crony capitalism at that. That's how they lifted all those people out of poverty, not because of socialism. Get your facts straight. These people make me sick. They, they, they absolutely burn me up. It is likely that large parts of the day's events will focus on Xi, arguably the country's most powerful leader since Mao. And his vision for the country. I happen to agree with uh, Representative uh, Ken Buck from Colorado. He tweeted, not sure what there is to celebrate. Not sure either. You've killed 80 million of your own people. You've killed more people than the Nazis did. And, and they were horrible. You don't hear anything about that. I've always heard the phrase, history's written by the victors. You know, when we defeated fascism, and rightfully so, when we defeated fascism at the end of the Second World War, you know, we got a little too close to that, that essence, if you will, because... The old saying, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Well, we cut a deal with the wrong people. And that's not a jab at the Russian people either. We cut a deal with the wrong people. General Patton, when he was leading the troops across Europe and we were about to hand the Germans a defeat, he told his superiors, we don't need to stop here. We need to march all the way across Russia and we need to end this. He was in an auto accident two weeks later. And I might add on a military post. It wasn't like he was out in the field somewhere under enemy fire or something. I've also heard, and this is 
pure speculation as to what happened. I, I don't know. No one knows. But we need to find out what happened. Maybe history will show this and we'll be able to figure this out someday. I'm not sure. But he didn't die in that accident. He was in he was in a car accident. He didn't die in that accident. He was in the hospital. He was making a full recovery. He never made it out of that hospital. It's General MacArthur. When he was in Korea, and make no mistake, there was backing there from Russia, from the North, a young rebel named Kim Il-sung, who happened to be the grandfather of Kim Jong-un, the founder of North Korea. General MacArthur had a way to defeat North Korea in 10 days, and it would have worked. Instead, what happened? This is where it gets really bad. You had some new blood come in at the offices of the OSS. And I'm not going to name any names, but anybody, this is mainline history. Anybody can go and look this up. The people that came into those offices came from Texas oil money. And you ask, well, what does this have to do with anything? Once those people came into that office of the OSS, which we now call the CIA, once once they came into there and they started throwing their influence around and their weight around, General MacArthur was denied his request to end that conflict in North Korea, or in Korea, actually, it was, wasn't the North and the South. He was denied the maneuver to end that conflict in Korea. And he was forced to retire. He was brought home and the hero's welcome and parade and all the rest of it. I don't think I have to tell anybody which prominent family in America comes out of Texas oil money. These are the same people that also cut deals with a young rebel in the hills of China named Mao Zedong. Ragtag group of about 1,200 guys. On our side, the Allied side, you had General Chiang Kai-shek. We made an arms deal with Chiang Kai-shek. Instead of him getting the actual armaments that were supposed to be sent by the OSS, we sent him faulty equipment. Guns didn't have firing pins. Or the shipments would get diverted. Where do you think they went? They went to Mao and his group of ragtags up in the hills. You see, CNN won't tell you that these deals were made. CNN won't tell you the backstory on how all this has happened and brought us to this point. They're not going to tell you that. They'll just tell you about, oh, how great their economy is and how they're on the brink of overtaking the U.S. You ever ask yourself why the people that work at these networks are so stupid and naive? They have no idea of history. They have no idea. I don't care what your education says. You have no idea of anything in the world. Nothing. You sit there and you peddle your propaganda to an unsuspecting populace. You turn them into mindless zombies. And you ought to be ashamed of yourself. I don't know how these people sleep at night not telling people how the real world functions. Mao was the biggest mass murderer in human history. You'll also not hear that on CNN. And quite frankly, the Western elites are the ones that are responsible for it. All right. I didn't want to spend the entire podcast talking about China, but it just kind of went that way. You got anything else? No, I just throw in. I, I'm not sorry for uh, talking about China the entire time because that's one of the biggest threats right now, if not the biggest threat. Well, aside from the elite that empower China. But yeah, that's mainline history. And anybody that has an inquiring enough mind, I'll tell you exactly where you can go and look. And it's a history book that's out there that's very prominent. It is a little difficult sometimes to get your hands on it because the book itself is printed in limited quantities. So if you do see it, you have to get your hands on it. And it is a book that is called, it's not actually a book, it's a tome, really. It's a book that's about 1,300 pages. It is very in-depth. It is very heavy. It's a book that was written by a gentleman named Carol Quigley. It's called Tragedy and Hope. You want to learn about why we're in this position now with the Far East, go read that book. You want to learn about 
how Russia ended up in that situation. Go read that book. You want to learn how Nazi Germany happened, not as in-depth as, for example, uh, Rise and Fall of the Third Reich by William Alshire, great book, also another thousand page plus. That's really in-depth. You want to learn about international socialism and how these groups operate, then go read Tragedy and Hope. If you want to understand the Western involvement in building these countries up to overtake us, then go read that book. I cannot recommend it enough. You still have the opportunity. You still have time now to learn and understand this stuff. I'm not that smart of a person. I just understand how these things go historically. That's all. And I look at where we are now. I see this this. I don't even want to say it's propaganda because, I mean, this is just like this is stuff on a level that I've never seen before. This is mainline history stuff that I'm sitting here talking about. And these networks are giving you fluff. They're giving you nothing. They're giving you uh, headlines of, of just trash. You're right. China is a problem. They are they are a problem. I'm not talking about the Chinese people. I'm talking about the Chinese government. There's a big difference here. See, we live in this time now where I have to I, I shouldn't even have to sit here and defend myself when I say this, but we live in a time where if you criticize something, oh, you're criticizing this person or that person. That's what identity politics has brought us to is that where you have to sit here and you have to justify what you're saying. I'm not criticizing when I say something about Germany, I'm not criticizing the German people. I'm criticizing the government. If I say something about the Americans, I'm not criticizing the American. Well, maybe I shouldn't say that. I do, I do criticize our people pretty, pretty heavily. But there's plenty to criticize about the U.S. government. I don't criticize the French people. I criticize their government. Of course, Marty was in here. He'd do it the other way around. You're a little more forgiving than I am uh, for the Western cultures, because the Western cultures have uh, uh, elected systems and uh, the entire reason that the politicians and the, the systems that they have are the way they are is because the election uh, process, you know, the, the people who we, they elect. Do we um, have elected officials? That's still, even if uh, I get where you're going with that, but whose fault is it? Of course it's ours. Of course it's ours. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a whole nother podcast right there is is that. But my, I guess, but, you know, to kind of round this off, my point is, is that these historical analyses, they're out there. You can go and get this information for yourself. I'm not some kind of saint that sits up here on a soapbox or a high horse. I just talk about the stuff that I've read in history books. You can go and read this for yourself. I would like to say that um, that you could do all this on, like, say, for example, uh, what's the what's the most common thing people do these days? Audio books? No, you can't do that. Not with this. This is information you have to sit down, you have to dissect, and you have to comprehend it. And there's so much that's involved here that it's not as simple as as what they do. A lot of people just watch the mainstream media and I get it. You know, you don't have time. You're too busy doing this. You're too busy doing that. I get it. But there's more to it than this. It's about being an individual. You know, we started this because we wanted to promote individuality. We wanted to get back to the individual. We wanted to get off of the system. The system has become this rotting corpse of just degeneracy. That, that's all it's become. Case in point is everything we've discussed here today. They're out there praising about how wonderful the Chinese Communist Party is, and they've murdered over 80 million of their own people. And you're going to tell me that the system has not degenerated? To get out of this mess, we're going to have to get back to the systems that actually work. We're going to have to get back to the rugged individual. We're going to have to get back to a new kind of a renaissance. Tip O'Neill, said that all politics are local. We've got to get back to that. We don't have a choice. If we're going to survive and we're going to come out on the other end of this, it has to be that. The financial system is done. The government systems, because of their behavior over the last 12 to 24 months especially, they're done. 
the global system is done. All of this stuff should have gone bust back in 08 anyway. All of this stuff should have gone down. Everything. But it didn't. We bailed it out. Anyone remember that? They need to keep the fear going with COVID. This is where they're working with China. They need to keep the fear going with COVID. They need to keep the agenda rolling forward with that, no matter how. The wheels have come off of this thing. As as Bannon says, they're, they're losing altitude. But they don't care. They don't care. They're, they're moving on. Because they need something to keep the populace distracted with fear, to stop the fact that they have looted all of the banks. The banks are empty. Marty said it months ago. Hell, we were talking about that over a year ago. The banks are empty. The pension funds are gone. So it's got to be a move back to the individual. It has to be that. And part of being an individual, part of being that rugged individual is educating yourself. You have to self-educate. You can't rely on the TV. You can't rely on the newspapers. That's over. That is well over. The entertainment, if you even want to call it that, the uh, the, the music, the, all that stuff, that's all over. At least from my standpoint, that's all over. That's to me... To me, from my perspective, that's the old world. That time is over. If you're going to get out of this, if you want to get out of this, if we're going to come together as a populist movement, then we've all got to be that individual around our communities. Our communities are what make us strong. That's what it's going to have to be. You're going to have to self-educate. And when you self-educate, that gives you the opportunity to educate other people. And then they can self-educate and they can do the same thing. And it becomes a chain reaction. So take back your freedom. Take back your own future because these people have flat out stolen it from you without your consent. All right. uh, We're out of time today. For those of you who have not signed up to our Telegram channel, get over there, get signed up to us. We put out all of our podcasts we do here every day. We also put out an exclusive podcast that Bruce and I will be on tomorrow talking about social credit. I can't wait to get back into social credit. I know that we're talking about China today. Well, that's where social credit's being beta tested by the Western corporations. We're going to get into it tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to be focused around social credit. So tune into us tomorrow only on our Telegram channel. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so anytime by dropping us an email at tipsatdynamicindependence.com. Although we're probably going to be making an email change in the coming week. So bear that in mind. And we would ask you to pass along to friends, family, and associates. We are trying to grow. We do need your help in order to do that. So if you could pass us along, and we know some of you have, and we really appreciate that. We are available everywhere you get your podcast. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you give us a rating when you get a chance, we would appreciate that as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. All right, that'll do it for today and this week. Thank you for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. I will see you on the exclusive tomorrow. Everyone else, have a great great weekend and we will see you on Monday.